Hi, love. Today's hidden healing gem pairs beautifully, specifically for anxious attachers, but is a wonderful tool for anyone, regardless of their attachment style, but specifically helpful for anxious attachers when they're feeling anxious or needy. This hidden healing gem is called non-dominant hand journaling. Interesting, right? And very effective tool. There's a lot of information out there about how to identify your attachment style, but this is information today about how to create a more earned, secure attachment style. Hi, love. Welcome to Dear Divorce Diary, the podcast helping divorcees go beyond talk therapy to process your grief, find the healing you crave, and build back your confidence. I'm your host, Dawn Wiggins, a therapist, coach, integrative healer, and divorcee. Join me for a fresh approach to healing grief and building your confidence after divorce. In this episode, we're going to help you understand various parts of your mind and how to engage them in this non-dominant journaling exercise. We're going to talk about how this particular style of journaling will enhance and really speed up your therapy work that you might be doing with your therapist. We're going to really acknowledge how doing this style of journaling is going to improve your communication capabilities and being able to identify what you need, what you want, and to be able to ask for it more effectively. Let's dig in. What, Dawn, is non-dominant hand journaling? (laughs) Well, this is a fun trick I learned literally the year that I got divorced and was in that kind of early stages of really immersed in a healing process. And it was so massively helpful. I obviously started using it in my therapy practice with clients. A lot of times I will actually have clients do this during session because uh, it gets really, really great results when a client is blocked in session. So if you are thinking about having your journal out, right, and and um, I don't know what to write, but I'm feeling really triggered and, and I need to get it out, but I don't know how to actually shift how I'm feeling, this is a great tool. So non-dominant hand journaling acknowledges that at any moment there is the part of me that feels really upset There is also always a part of you that is your wise self or your higher self, your wise mind that has been unaffected by any of the experiences that you've been through. And this is true for all of us. We all have a wise mind or a capital S self that's in there, but we're not very good at finding her. (laughs) We tend to pay far more attention to our parts of self that are agitated or all up in their feels, right? And so it can be harder to get a sense of your wise self. So for non-dominant hand journaling, I want you to think about, okay, your dominant hand that you would normally write with is going to represent your wise self or your higher mind, the part of you that is wise and has the answers to your deepest, darkest struggles. And your non-dominant hand is going to represent the very young parts of you, the very wounded parts of you that have been obviously activated by this divorce, the part of you that was laying in that crib early on and your caregiver was not as attentive as you needed them to be, and you felt anxious and upset and insecure and uncertain and did not know what to do with yourself or how to feel better without depending on someone else. So in this sense, your dominant hand would be an attentive caregiver, 
or your wise mind, and your non-dominant hand would be your anxious, insecure attachment self, right? So you would sit down with your journal and you would start with whichever hand felt loudest in that moment, probably your insecure attacher self, right? And just awkwardly, awkwardly, right, with that non-dominant hand, what you're thinking, feeling, or experiencing, right? And it's going to look worse than chicken scratch. It's going to be barely legible. No big deal. You can write about what you're feeling. You can ask your wise mind a question. I want you to be in your body when you do this, right? I want you to take a few breaths and I want you to drop into your body because embodied processing is how we take this big old pile of grief and this insecure attachment style and we start to make sense of it and tidy it up, right? So with your non-dominant hand, you're going to write all the stuff that you're feeling in your body, in your mind. It's going to probably come out very young. The fact that you're writing it with your non-dominant hand does a better job of energetically capturing ground zero of the wound, which was in a young place. Yes, it's been reinforced and reactivated by your ex in this marriage and this divorce, but Ground zero is way back then, right? And then you're going to put the pen or the pencil or the crayon, I love doing this with a crayon, into your dominant hand. You could even do non-dominant hand crayon, dominant hand pen, right? Ooh, that's fun. And so then you put the pen in your dominant hand and you respond to your non-dominant hand. So this is acknowledging that we all have parts of self and that even though sometimes we feel fully consumed with what we're feeling or what we're experiencing, there is always a wise self available. And so this is starting to, from a neurology standpoint, starting to forge a new neural network. And this takes time, right? Just like building new muscles takes time and it takes repetition and it takes kind of doing that heavy literal lifting (laughs) to build muscles, right? And this non-dominant hand journaling is just switching that writing utensil back and forth, perhaps crayon and non-dominant hand, pen and dominant hand, having a literal dialogue with your parts of self. And eventually over time, you get to this beautiful space where your activated anxious self feels a greater sense of groundedness. Now, at first, it's going to feel super wobbly and you're not going to get like, you know, the most amazing outcome. But when you've done it a couple of times, you will start to notice that you have this skill to regulate and to create a greater sense of security in your body mind. Now, this is going to enhance your ability to know what you need and ask for what you need, thus enhancing your communication with people because most of the time when we are in this kind of anxious attachment activated thing, right? All we want is like, just tell me I'm going to be okay. Just hug me and love me and tell me that everything's going to be okay. Just soothe me. Just soothe me, right? But there's really much more that is called for in that moment than just being soothed. There's a deeper level of understanding that's available to you about what was happening in this scenario that that um, caused your sentinel little antennae to say, hey, there's danger here, right? What is it that you need to ask for in this relationship or these relationships to have a greater sense of security? What's maybe a boundary that needs to be set? What's maybe something that you need to do differently in your own life to take better care of yourself or protect yourself better, right? These are all the things 
that are key to knowing ourselves better and then asking for what we need that have a deeper resonance and a greater articulateness to them. So doing this exercise will improve your ability to communicate in relationships about what you want and need. Therefore, you'll get your needs met more consistently, which is exactly what didn't happen in your infancy. So this is exactly the pattern that has to be healed, right? Is knowing what you need, being able to ask for it and getting that need met more consistently. Now we know from our talk about boundaries that a request and a boundary are a different thing, right? But this also can help you enhance your understanding of what is a request and what is a boundary in that relationship and where you need to have boundaries with self and where you can make good requests of your relationships. This is a beautiful process that is free, that is accessible, that you can do when you're sitting in car line if you carry a journal in your purse like I did my first couple of years post-divorce. Um, you can do it anywhere, kind of anytime, right? You ever take, unless your boss is standing right in front of you. You could sneak away to the bathroom at a family event and you could do this in the bathroom. It's not going to f- be the thing that you first think of and it's not going to be the very comfortable process. But if you want an unlikely outcome, you have to take unlikely steps and this is one of those unlikely steps. So this is going to help you understand your parts of self better. It's going to enhance. If you take this stuff into your therapist, you are going to knock their socks off, right? A therapist can go so much deeper with you when you are able to go deeper with yourself. And this is a tool for going deeper with yourself. So it is going to enhance the return on your investment in therapy. It's going to help you get better, deeper results in therapy. And it is going to help you create a greater earned secure attachment style. I would love, capital L-O-V-E, if you sent me a screenshot of your non-dominant hand journaling. I won't even be able to read it, (laughs) but it will please me so much. So can't wait to see some of your non-dominant hand journaling. Try it. You will not regret it, but don't do it once and tell me it didn't work, right? That's not how this works. I love you so much. Peace. Dear Divorce Diary is a podcast by My Coach Dawn. You can find more at mycoachdawn.com.